0: Turn with me in your Bibles, if y'all got your Bibles with you. Turn to John chapter fourteen, verse six. The title of my sermon tonight is "Father Pleaser." I'm going to show you that that is our goal as Christians: is to be a father pleaser. And I found that Christians love to quote. This scripture right here, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think so many times as we quote this scripture, we kind of stick to the first half. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And a way only has meaning if it leads to a destination. He is the way. The way where? Have you ever thought about it? I am the way. Where? Where? Where is the way? What destination? Jesus is the way, but the Father is the destination. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you see the connection? Jesus came to make a way for us back to the Father. In his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, Jesus said this to the Father. John chapter 17, verse 6. I have manifested your name, capital Your, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. The Jewish people had known this name Jehovah or Yahweh for 14 centuries. The name which Jesus was now manifesting to them occurred six times, six times in his prayer, and that word was Father. Now, we read the New Testament, we read the Gospels, and I think so many times we overlook the fact that the people did not know God as Father until Jesus revealed God as Father. Right? They called him Jehovah. They called him Yahweh. What does it mean that Jesus manifested that that name to his disciples? As they watched Jesus live out his life before them as the Son of God, as a Son of God, they could begin to understand what it was like to have a personal relationship with God as Father. Can you see, he was trying to break down some religious barriers that even separated us religiously from God. And when he called God Father, it made it personal. I think so many times, even in the New Covenant church, the church today, we do everything we can to not make it personal. Let's let God stay right there, and let's let our personal life be here. Well, that is not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to make it personal. Our relationship to God was never intended to be non-personal. He came to show us a relationship with God as Father. And it was something that had never been openly revealed to the Jewish people under the Old Covenant. Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 says this. It says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. There it is again. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now, that's even kind of hard to, to speak, not, not to mention understand. But Jesus took a moment to say, there is significance here between me as son and God as father. All things have been delivered to me by my father. What's he saying? My source comes from my father. When you hear me, you hear my father. When you see me, you see my father. What's he saying? I am connected to my father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son wills to reveal him. John likewise said in John 1.18, he said, No one has seen God at any time, only the begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. John had revelation. For the revelation of the Father... For the revelation of the Father, each of us, is dependent upon the grace that comes only through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. We have to receive Jesus. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews makes a distinction between the message of the Old Testament prophets and that of Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. It says God after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many ways in many portions and in many ways in these last days he has spoken to us in his son what's that saying Literally, the Greek says, not in his son, but in a son. God's message in the New Testament differed from his message in the Old Testament, not only in content, but in the channel through which it came. Did you see how the words came before in the Old Testament? It came through the prophets. Now, in the New Covenant, it comes through a son. It comes through the son. It comes through Jesus as a son, because only Jesus as a son could he reveal God as father. How could anybody reveal Father other than the Son? No one would listen. It wouldn't compute. It wouldn't make sense. Only the Son could reveal the Father. Are y'all with me so far? Fatherhood, number I've got four points tonight. Fatherhood, number one, is the source of our personal identity. Now, you're going to catch this. Throughout the Bible... A person is always identified as the son or a daughter of a certain man. As you read the word and as they start to lay out lineages, you see who the father was. He's the father of this and the father of that. Or the son of this and the son of this and the son of this and the son of this. Why? Because we're known by our father. It's expressed in the English family names such as Ramsey, Williamson, Jackson, Thompson, whatever. And in any case, a person's identity is derived from a father. But the breakdown of the family in many nations today has produced what we have heard called Generation X. It represents an unknown quantity. Many young people in this sad generation have no significant relationship with a father. So what do we wind up with when we have no relationship with with a father? We have an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. The unspoken cry of their hearts is for a father. And I believe that the Christian church today, if we can effectively communicate the reality of God as Father, can you imagine our nation? Can you imagine people, a fatherless nation, running into the arms? of their father. We can do this in the same way that Jesus manifested the father's name to his disciples by demonstrating our own personal relationship with Father God. Number two, fatherhood assures us that we have a home in heaven. We've got to accept the fact that our home is in heaven. It's not here. It's in heaven. What we spend here is minute compared, is small compared to what we're going to spend in eternity. We have a destination. That destination is to the Father. That destination is to heaven where our home is. And there's a scripture in Luke where it mentions a poor beggar who laid outside a rich man's door. And it said that he was carried out by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now let's watch this. Luke 16 verse 22. And this is New King James. This is all tonight from the New King James with the exception of one, and it's from the New American Standard. It says, So it was that a beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now what's that saying? Don't you think that one angel could have handled this beggar? I do. I kind of think of angels being pretty awesome. Don't you? But it doesn't say one angel. He was escorted. There was an escort of angels. And this beggar was richly welcomed, was royally welcomed into Abraham's bosom. And I believe it should be like that for every child of God. That he has an escort of angels ready to carry each of us to our eternal home. Now, Derek Prince. Derek Prince is a is a man who's passed away. If, I don't know five ten years ago. I don't know if it's been that long. Maybe five years ago. But he is one of my I, Elizabeth has referred to him as my teacher. If I've studied anybody more than anybody else, it's been Derek Prince. And uh, Derek Prince once spoke about how his wife was Ruth. How Ruth and his Ruth and his wife came to know a precious Hawaiian sister who served the Lord faithfully for years. And what she said as she was getting older is, I've never seen an angel. Loved to, I'd love to see one. And as this lady lay dying of cancer, her church was there right by her side with her Christian sister by her bed. And one day, uh, this lady's face became radiant with the glory of God. And she stretched out her arms and she said, I see them. I see angels. And right at that moment, she passed away. And I believe there is an escort of angels ready to escort. I I believe an escort of angels rescued um, Miss Kira. I don't remember what Miss Kira's last name was. Uh, But Eileen's mother passed away this morning. Miss Eileen Cunliffe, who has been our director of uh, uh, Bible drills and uh, been such a huge part of our church. But uh, Miss Kira knew Jesus And I believe an escort of angels escorted her into the presence of the Lord today. Isn't that good? I mean, it's sad to to lose a loved one, but let me tell you, Miss Kira is in a better place. Number three, fatherhood provides total security. Remember how I was talking about love on Sunday? A real love relationship is a secure relationship. But picture a little child being held in his father's arms with his face pressed against his father's shoulder. You know, there may be a lot of confusion and, and danger around. The world may seem to be falling apart, but that little child is at complete peace, completely unconcerned about what's taking place around them. You know, I've still got little children, and I can, I can attest to that, that when they're scared and they get with dad, they're not scared anymore. Why? Because of security. We too are securely held by our Father. Jesus has assured us that the Father is greater than all that may surround us and that no one is able to snatch Him out of, our ha- out of His hand. John chapter 10 verse 29 John chapter 10 verse 29 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. Now, I I just want to say for just a moment, you know, I kind of kick into teacher mode a little bit, and don't do that tonight, because you may be battling something. You may be battling some fear, and I want you to know nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Nothing. You are listening to a lie when we allow fear to start to grip our lives, because His hand is not too short. Nothing can snatch us out of his grasp. Nothing. Jesus said this to his disciples in Luke uh, twelve Don't fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know what that says to me? Number one, don't fear. Number two, it blesses God when he blesses me. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you, to give you the kingdom. Even though we may just be a little flock surrounded by wild beasts of all kind, but our Father has committed Himself to give us the kingdom. And there is no power in the universe that can withhold it from us. And number four, the last one, is the Father provides motivation for service. I want to just give a good shout out to those that went to Avery Trace last night to um, serve that whole school student body and and teaching staff uh, for their back to school bash and um, one of the teachers said to Elizabeth I want to phrase this right, I wish she was in here but she said, I think this teacher said, I think if any of our staff saw one of the one of your church walk in, they would drop what they were doing and come to, your, come to ask you what you need because of how y'all have served. What, what that means is that nothing's more important than when, when I, that, that almost sounds conceited. I'm not trying to be conceited. It's just that we have come, gone in there and died to ourselves and just been in there to serve those people that when they see us, they recognize that. And they recognize that God's at work in their school. And they're thankful for it. I got a letter that's up on the wall back there tonight, I hope, from Mr. Mills, saying we would not have been able to accomplish what we've accomplished without the church. And church, we're a little church. Sometimes it seems uns- insignificant. Sometimes it seems like we can't make a drop in the bucket. We can. We can. When we all join together in unity and we go out here together and we serve, let me tell you, uh, walls like Jericho will come down. But we've got to go out. We've got to go out and show that relationship that we have to God. But that Father provides a motivation for service. Philippians 2, 3, Paul warns us as a servant of the Lord, Let nothing be done through ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Over the years, I've observed that one persistent, pervasive problem in the church is ambition and competition with other ministers. And church, I've been right there with them. I have have been competitive. But we make the mistake of equating security with success. If we build the biggest church or the largest meeting, will, will we be secure? No, I have found that sometimes the more I have, the more insecure I get. The more I have of God, the more secure I get. The more I'm not so worried about my bank account or about how many people are in the parking lot. The more I'm secure in my relationship to God, the more I am genuinely secure. If you come Sunday morning, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And this, this one, this coming Sunday, is on joy. There's a difference between, between joy and happiness. Happiness is external. Joy is is internal. And when we get joy, let me tell you, nothing's gonna rob that. Nothing's gonna rob that. Happiness can go in a heartbeat, not joy. It's hard to get your joy. Why? Because when we get rooted and grounded in God as Father and a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's hard to uproot that. When we are not rooted, It's easy. The slightest breeze will knock you down. Have you noticed that? I'm going to take it as that y'all are getting it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. But we've got to watch how we equate security. Because sometimes the more secure we get in the world, the less secure we are in our mind the less secure we are in our heart. Look what Jesus said. This is a perfect pattern, I believe. John chapter 8, verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. What does that say to you? What it says to me is that I need to focus a little bit less on personal ambition and focus a little bit more on pleasing my Father. Something that I'm trying to walk through today, as you see your pastor walk before you, something I'm trying to walk through today is with this simple question How can I please my Father? In times of frustration or failure, I am trying to turn my focus from trying to solve the problems to a focus of trying to maintain the attitude of how will this please my Father? As a servant of Christ, there is no competition among us if our motivation is pleasing God. There is no competition. Why? Because God will exalt you. God will make the way for you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Harmony and mutual concern take the place of striving and self-seeking. I don't know if you can recognize this, but I can tell you I am longing for a closer, more intimate relationship with God as my Father. Now, I do want to make this connection, and I've made it before, that uh, there was a book of where a um, hundred atheists were studied. And one thing they found in common with all of them is they had a problem with their father. And when we have a problem with our earthly father, so many times it is hard to disconnect from that and connect to God as father. But I want you to know if you've had a rough experience with your father, don't label God the father with that label. Give God the Father a chance to redeem that relationship. Maybe you never restore that relationship with your earthly father, but maybe you restore that need that you have for a father in Father God. Because I can tell you, he is good for it. And I've had a great relationship with my father. I've not had that same problem. But I want you to know, God the Father is a good father. He's a good father. And I want you to remember that the only one that can reveal Father God to you is Jesus. There is no bypassing Jesus. Jesus was the bridge, is the bridge, between sin, between hell and heaven. And it is that bridge on the cross by the blood of Jesus that he give us access back to the Father. I want to encourage you. Ask him to remove the barrier that may be in your life and then to grant you a personal Direct revelation of Father. I want to encourage you. Let's just pray if y'all would. And let's just ask the Lord for revelation tonight as I, as I dismiss you. Jesus, when you taught us to pray, you taught us to pray, Father. Jesus, you came to love us. You came and you loved us as sinners And you gave your life for us so that we might know God as Father. Lord, I ask according to your word and according to your presence, and I believe according to your kingdom and your will, that we would receive revelation of of Father God. If you're here tonight and you have broken a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you right now just to repent. What repent means is just say, Lord God, forgive me. And Jesus, I desire a, restor- a, a restored relationship. And Jesus, as you restore that relationship, I ask you to reveal Father God. And you may be here tonight and you may say, I've had such a terrible relationship with my father. Father. I just encourage you to just give that to God and just say, Lord God, I'm hurting over my father's relationship. And I just right now forgive my father for whatever he has done. Not based on what he has done, not based on who he is, but based on who you are. Because God, I don't want a hindrance on you being Father God in my life. Jesus revealed the Father to us. And in that revelation, Lord, I believe that maybe some cleaning, would ha- some cleaning house in our, in our lives will take place. And where we never could forgive our Father before. Jesus, through you we can. Just encourage you. We just ask you right now for a revelation. Jesus part of your part of what you came to do is to reveal God as Father. Abba Father. You went so you even went a step farther and you said not just Father, but Daddy. Intimate, sweet, broken down. Broken down all the way to the ground. The relationship completely genuine and soft and tender. I thank you that I have that to run home to. Soften these men's hearts, Lord. Soften these women's hearts, Lord, that we might consider literally just sitting spiritually in your lap and saying, I've been afraid and I've been hurting. take me in your arms and love on me and let that fear go away. I believe the Lord would say, do not fear, for I am with you. Come into my arms and let me hold you. Thank you, Lord. I believe, the, I believe a, a chain is breaking tonight. I believe a chain that's tried to keep you free for a long time is breaking tonight. If that's you, I just want you to consider just saying, I receive you, Father. And I receive you, Jesus. And I just give that hurt and that chain to you. And I lay that at the cross of Jesus. Because there is no way to you, Father, except through Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just praise you. Lord, I believe we've done kingdom business. And Lord, I just proclaim that you are our God. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.